Are you one of our students for Self-Improvement Wednesday? Each week you get to learn something new. You listen this week. How trees adapt to a changing environment. Your teacher is Sebastian Fouch, Associate Professor in Urban Studies at Western Sydney University. Sebastian, good afternoon. Hello, Richard. How are you? Good. Now, obviously, anyone who's interested in climate change is interested in trees, both as a protective measure, but also in terms of how climate change is going to impact on trees. You've been studying that, haven't you? Yes, I have. And it's a fascinating topic because there are many different angles you can you can take to actually investigate what the impacts will be. Will it be growth or where they actually can or can't grow in the future? How fast they will grow? All sorts of different questions. Because some trees will actually benefit from global warming. That's right. Particularly those that now grow in relatively cool climate. And that climate warms up and they can actually accelerate how they photosynthesize and therefore absorb carbon and make biomass from that. So they'll be happy trees. Okay. Less happy probably will be the trees, the Australian trees in warmer tropical regions. They've already reached their adaptation maximum, you think? That's right. And and our research clearly um, showed that once you get to a certain level of um, annual mean temperature, you start to see that trees are, you could call it maxing out in their capacity to absorb carbon, which means they get pushed with further further warming across a certain line (laughs) or a line of no return um, where they actually start to really suffer from the higher temperatures that we expect for those kind of latitudes. You you say forests dominate the terrestrial sea cycle. I don't quite understand what that means. Can you explain that to us? I didn't understand that. Sorry, Richard. You talk about the the terrestrial sea cycle and and the climate protections being sensitive to sea cycle feedbacks. What what are sea cycle feedbacks? Well, sea cycle feedbacks, they produce certain climates. And these climate extremes that we see particularly unfolding here in the eastern seaboard in Australia relate to droughts and extreme heat. And that, of course, causes always some real big trouble for trees. And if you're already, let's say, in the tropics and you're on the edge where you're struggling to actually function properly and then on top you get hit with a, with a heat wave or with a drought, um, you really see that we see mass dying of forests. And unfortunately, that with the rapid change in climate that we're observing now, we even see that coming down the latitudes towards the higher latitudes much quicker. So the, the, the rate of how fast um, large-scale forest death is actually observed, so it's not us modeling it or anything, but it's observed in the field, um, is accelerating coming down south. So mm. that's something that's really scary because, of course, our forests are the most important means to take up CO2 from the atmosphere, which is the cause of the accelerated climate warming. So if they take up less CO2, we even need to plant and replant more trees than we ever thought we have to because they're just not either growing that fast or we're losing them because of those sea cycles and the associated um, climate um, on a larger scale, droughts and heat waves, as I mentioned before. In other words, one of your main weapons is being disarmed by the process (laughs) itself. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Okay. Can Can we talk, you've studied in particular Australian eucalypts. Why are they so useful a thing to study in this particular area? So one thing that, of course, is really important to know is that with eucalypts, you have some species that are totally localized. They only occur in a very small area and that's it. Then you have other species that 
stretch about two and a half thousand kilometers north-south along the eastern seaboard. Um, for example, Eucalyptus teroticonis, forest red gum, is one of those species that you will find above, uh, I'd say even above Cairns, but you also find it on the border between Victoria and New South Wales. So it's, it's covering a huge climate gradient, which makes it a very interesting species to study these mechanisms of, of adaptation to local climates. And the other really important bit about eucalyptus is it's the most important worldwide, the most important hardwood plantation species. So they, they grow it in Portugal and they grow it in Brazil and Chile. Um, they even grow it in Africa. It's grown everywhere for various products. And that, of course, again, makes it really important because there's so much economic value behind growing this timber um, and then fueling the various timber markets with these products. Why do people overseas love eucalyptus so much for building? They're just gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the, the construction wood is really good in types of quality and the growth rates are phenomenal. When you look at hardwood, not softwood, so not pines or anything, um, when you look at structural wood and then also pulp and paper, all of this is um, using hardwoods and the, the growth rates of the eucalypts, particularly when you start um, cloning two species, so not really cloning, you are mixing the, the attributes of two species. For example, one is really um, resistant to drought, the other one can grow really fast. You put them together, you get a species that can grow really fast with very little water. Ideal tree for making a lot of money. That's the driver behind this. Yeah, it's always money. Uh, now, this is not all, all, all speculation or, or computer modelling. You actually grew 21 provinces uh, in, 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 uh, in various conditions. That's right. And this is where it's important to do your field research, but also to bring the research back into um, a controlled environment where we can actually set up um, future climate conditions and compare them to the current climate conditions. And this is what we can do in our glass houses, where we regulate the temperature, so the air temperature, but we can also regulate how much water they get. So we can stress them in different ways and then assess how, for example, provenances, you just used a very nice and very important forestry term. So provenances are species that occur only in a very limited geographic range. And therefore, even though they're the same species, they're still different in the way that they adapt to the local climate. So we took all these different provenances along a very long climate gradient from north to south in eastern Australia and exposed them to these different conditions, temperate conditions, subtropical conditions, tropical conditions, and then cranked up the thermostat and looked at what happened when we, for example, um, let them grow in a plus three and a half degree environment or in a plus two um, environment. We even tested some species um, in a much harsher um, heat wave environment and looked at what happened to the damage to the tree. How would they actually fare? Are they more susceptible to these conditions and, and get damaged by these conditions when they already have a very small distribution? And we assume they would have a very small capacity to adapt to these mm -hmm. different climate conditions compared to those that still range across several thousands of kilometres of different climates. I mean, that thesis sounds a pretty likely one. Was it confirmed? <laughs> yes, it was. Um, but it is this refined picture that we really have to um, pay attention to, that different things will happen to different climate zones where different 
tree species grow. It's not all one response to climate change. It's more refined. And I think that's very important because that means we can adjust management of trees and tree plantations, but also of our native forests. And then, of course, in, in my work at the moment in urban forests, we, we can respond to these different requirements by choosing the right species and then also the right provenances. Because when we think of species like trees, they have a long lifespan. And what we plant today needs to be capable of growing well in 50 years. So we probably need to plant a provenance that now grows in a warmer climate back into a cooler climate to grow well in the warming climate mm -hmm. in 50 years when it became warmer in the cooler climate. Yeah. Sounds confusing, but to me no, it no, makes sense. I understand. Or, or we could do something about global warming, I suppose. <laughs> the, other, the other thing. It, it, but, I, you know, I suppose the bottom line of this is, by and large, if a tree is pretty rare and it only grows in a small area, it's unlikely to cope very well with climate change. Correct. That's the quintessence. And, of course, we have many, many of those species um, we always have to look at this from two different directions. One is that the range may have contracted of that uh, particular species or provenance because its, its niche where it wants to exist in terms of its climate is very narrow. The other way to look at it is competition, that in the end, the other species around this particular one we're looking at are so strong in their capacity to actually overrule and dominate the environment that these trees grow in, that it gets pushed into the last little bit where it can just outperform the competing species. So there are two ways to look at why is the limitation of a certain species or provenance so small to a certain area? I mean, we're going to need every bit of data we can uh, we can get in order to try to minimise this and uh, and survive it as best we can. Uh, Sebastian Fouch, thank you so much for the lesson to, to this afternoon. Always a pleasure, Richard. Bye a, for now. Th thanks to Sebastian Fouch. Sebastian is Associate Professor in Urban Studies at Western Sydney University. You can listen again online at abc.net.au slash sydney. Next week, a lesson from Anne Rogerson, the Charles Tessarero Lecturer in Latin at the University of Sydney on onomatopoeia in Latin and how the Romans heard the world. That's Self-Improvement Wednesday next week.